This is going to be a long intro. I thought I should give you a pre-warning about that one. It's interesting times. There's almost enough for an unsupervised, however, I thought I'd just tack it onto the front of this podcast, which is with Coach Neil, and we uh, called it Story Time. And it was an interesting one. It's a different side that we see of both myself and Neil. However, before we get to that, it's very interesting times. And I think I got caught up in seeing the chaos and the confusion and the distraction and basically where we are as a planet and as a society and as a people. Things that are going on around the world are unprecedented, yet at the same time, it smells. And it smelled from the start. And as it continues to unfold, you have to consider the levels of control that are being put upon us. From a global standpoint, and where that ends, what is going to happen? That the chess pieces are moving if you pay attention. And the problem is, we need a contrast. We need, we need the great reset, as it is being said. However, that won't come without a massive piece of contrast. And I don't think we're going to learn unless it is cataclysmic. And I suppose. Sometimes I like to think that ignorance is bliss. I've always been able to synthesize a lot of data at once. And once I look at a topic, I can gather all the perspectives. And I suppose what I've gathered, it's almost like the dad thing, you know. I'm not angry, I'm disappointed. I thought we were better. Not to say there isn't good people, because there is. However, as a whole, we need to do better in so many ways and that's me included and and all the other good people that I know we we always have to try and do better however I got caught up in the chaos and I think I got disappointed on a visceral level you know 2020 was a crazy year for us all Um, you know my nan died and had a few interesting field trips and experiences that I've spoken about recently and I was very disappointed by all that. I think I I went to a place... Look, it's, it, it's the place where my depression lives. It's the place where my anxiety lives. And I dipped a foot in there for the last week or so. And it was actually some very sage words from Neil that gave me a fresh perspective and brought me around. And it's words we've said a thousand times on this podcast, you know, you just got to get after it and, you know, reset your perspective and you can't, you can't change what you can't change, right? There's no point letting things that you can't control affect you. A gecko saying hello. However, you know, we can't do anything about it. What we can do is focus on ourselves, focus on our loved ones, focus on our community and try and make change there. And if shit happens, shit happens. We're going to have to deal with it anyway. However, this humble little podcast doesn't have much sway as far as goes as decision making. As awesome as all you listeners are. It's interesting to perceive how quickly I can come out of that state once I'm given the right perspective. And I'll be honest and say that the real perspective change came in the house of pain. I basically punished myself this morning. I hit the bag 
until I couldn't hit it anymore. I hit it for like 10 minutes straight, well, three Metallica songs, which is probably over 10 minutes. However, I just didn't stop. And that's not something that I've done a lot. Working in the House of Pain, I, I would use the bag as training, just do a couple of rounds in, you know, within the workout just for the reflexes and, and keep the skill set up. However, I, I hadn't used it as the object of sorting something out. And I honestly believe that for men especially, getting some gloves and just wailing on a punching bag is very therapeutic because it sorts your head out and it can truly help you if you do something like that because we're all under a lot of pressure. There's a whole heap of weird stuff going on and we're all here and we're all a part of it and to pretend it's not affecting us, you know, the way the media is manipulating it, you know, what do you look at on your phone? You know, they, you know, there's two diets, the one for your body and the one for your mind. What are you actually looking at? What is your algorithm presenting to you on your social media platforms? Because that's what it is. Like you are um, creating your own feed. So if you're tired of all the terrible articles that you're reading, it's because you read terrible articles that you're being sent terrible articles. So, you know, look at puppies for a change. However, we... I know I said last year that we are living in prophetic times, that this time will be examined by our children's children and their children as to what happened in 2020 and whatever's coming next. I think after the inauguration of Sleepy Joe, I, I was like I've been waiting for the other shoe to drop. And it's so fascinating to observe... I think because the reverberations of what happened in America echo around the world. So we, we sort of have to pay attention to them. I'm worried for them. I'm worried for us all because they are they're, they're the supreme power in Western civilization. However, you know, observing the identity politics is getting a bit difficult to do. For example, changing the gender pronouns in all government documents was one of the first things that Biden signed off on. I just think he's fucking ridiculous. Uh, and there's evidence to suggest that once a society starts doing strange things with sexuality and sexes, that's actually part of the fall. A lot of all the great empires had this weird thing you know, that they did with their gender and equality. And look, I have met women in men's bodies. I've met men in women's bodies. I've taught them. I've, I've dealt with them over the years. It's a thing. However, it's not as much of a thing as we all think. And why we can't have a discussion about mental illness when it comes to this and the opioid crisis and all the antidepressants that majority of Western society is on, it's silly. And I suppose for me... Where I got frustrated, and not only that, the COVID stuff, it's like, if we're not going to sit down and have an open conversation about the suicide rate, about the depression rate, about the millions of middle-class businesses, or probably not millions, but tens of thousands of middle-class businesses, probably millions across the world, actually, that have shut down forever, and the fact that the larger corporations last year, the rich got richer, um, and how that you know, if we're not going to have these discussions about what the true impact of what's happening is and the actual mortality rate 
of this. Yes, it's new. However, we did, so for example, here in Queensland, me and Kath ran the numbers the other night, and 1.3 million tests for 1,040 cases or something means that out of 1.3 million tests, the amount of people that got it is 0.08 of 1%. Okay? So try and wrap your head around that. And if that's the case, what are we doing? You know, it, it, this, this thing's cured heart disease. It's cured depression. It's cured car accidents. It's cured sm smoking causes cancers. Like, none of this stuff is happening while COVID is around. We're lucky here in Australia. And, you know, I will, you know, our government in the state did okay. I wouldn't want their job during this crisis. However, even around the world, this, yes, more deaths are coming. However, the survival rate is also going up. And that's without a vaccine. And for fuck's sake, it's a coronavirus. It's a version of the flu. The flu vaccine you get every year is not for the flu that's here this year. It's the one that's last year, maybe. And I tell you what, I used to have to get the flu injection for my work when I was doing FIFO. Since I've taught, I haven't got the flu injection. Every year I got a flu injection, I get the flu. I've had the flu, you know, or the ver that, that version of coronavirus, because that's what it is, once in six years, seven years right and that's mainly because i take my vitamins and i attempt to look after myself and i'm not real good at it however i take my vitamins i get my sunlight i s wash my hands and don't forget i'm a teacher i'm around every class that i have someone's coughing and sniffing in the class i i, I just don't understand and if you look at the numbers they don't make sense and as far as the the politics is concerned yes trump is Trump, right? However, there was a good point made on a podcast I was listening to the other day. It was like, we all knew who Trump was and the American people knew who Trump was before they elected him. I think what we're not taking into account is that they elected him because they were sick of the bullshit, right? They were sick of the status quo. And the Democrats didn't really learn over the last four years why Trump was elected. They leaned into some of this leftist fucking bullshit and and I'm sorry, it is bullshit. I'm very central, okay? If, that, if that's how I would be described in a left-right political system. Okay, I can see the benefits of both sides. However, when they act in extremes, it's all bullshit. And, you know, you listen to Tulsi Gabbard on, on Joe's podcast, and she's like, it's like a kindergarten. It's like, well, I actually can echo that. I've watched Question Time down here in our parliament, and now the city in fancy wooden chairs, but there's more bloody progress going on down at the local kindergarten than there is there. And I suppose on a global scale, who we've allowed to become our leaders in a business sense and in a political sense, most of them aren't leaders at all, okay? They are narcissistic, they are arrogant, and they are in it for themselves. They're lining their own pockets. Politicians all over the globe go in worth nothing, come out worth $10 million on 80 grand a year. I'm sorry, what? How does that work yet and we know that happens and we just and the thing is is that it's so much you know you could talk about the environment you could talk about the bees dying you could talk about the oceans we could talk about the space junk that is very very quickly surrounding our planet to the point where we might actually be able to get off the fucking planet because we won't be able to fly through the shit like we are f the, the, and, the, and this is the other one that people aren't talking about anymore when the lockdowns first happened in 2020 
we were getting photos back of clear uh, clear water in Venice. We were getting all that the world was healing because we weren't a part of it. You know, I always think about the Matrix and Morpheus saying, oh, no, no, sorry, um, Sam Neill saying to Morpheus, it's, uh, you know, the human race is a virus. It goes from place to place. It consumes everything that it can and then it leaves and it moves on to the next place. And that is a lot of what we're doing. And it's not fucking democracy, okay? We can't pretend that it is a democracy. Technically, Australia is still part of the monarchy, for fuck's sake. It, but it, what we, live in, we live in a capitalistic, if it's, it may be capitalistic democracy, but also just be capitalism, right? The amount of products that you own, the device you're listening to on this was built by a slave. But we pretend that slaves don't exist, okay? But they're okay if we can get our iPhones cheap. But even though they're not that cheap, you know, no, the smartphone's still a thousand bucks, doesn't matter which way you look at it, right? And this system that we set up post-World War II was always going to fail. It was, okay? It... You can't make infinite profit on a finite scale, which is what we have, okay? And it's obviously not serving us. You know, I I pride myself on being able to talk to anyone. And over the course of my teaching and my working life throughout Australasia, I've literally worked worked with and for every nationality that exists on the planet, every colour, every creed, every religion, name it, right? And then most people are the same. Yes, we have societal and cultural uh, beliefs and understandings. However, the core human element, why we are humans and why we exist on this planet is the same. Yet, we can't see past petty differences. And let's pretend there is the Illuminati, the secret societies, whatever it is. Divide and conquer is the oldest fucking move in the book. And we're falling for it. Again. All these companies and corporations, they only have power because we give it to them. They fear the day that we stand. But I suppose what would make the silent majority stand? Because there is a silent majority in every situation, right? However, doing nothing is still doing something. So at what point are we going to do something instead of nothing? Because if we're not careful, and if you open your eyes just a little bit, you can see where it's going to end up. And it's not going to be pretty. I fear that they're going to get us to try and throw bullets at each other again. I would like to hope that we could stand up as one and go say, no, we're not fucking doing that anymore. However, the obedience of the larger society is a little concerning. I, and I'm not an anarchist, well, I suppose I am an anarchist of sort at heart. I don't like being, you put me in a box, I'll jump out of it just for the sake of you trying to put me in a box. Um, so I've always thought differently. However, if you think about the current situation and where we are and where we're going objectively and rationally, there's big issues. And if we don't address them as 
one, and that's as humans, right? You know, that that's it's it's the age old thing, isn't it? Imagine if you took twenty percent of the money that we spend on defence in every single country and collectively put it to whatever alternative energy space like whatever how quickly could we advance ourselves yet we get stuck in these narratives and these belief systems and the thing is is that it, some of these things don't serve us right so you know i was at a place before today that i didn't really want to get on the mic i was asking questions of myself and i and there is some interesting questions to contemplate about where this is going and what am i actually doing with it and what is the goal however trying to keep an eye on everything and trying to understand everything and see where it's all going at once and seeing nothing but the chaos, that is a belief system that I've had, right? And it's one that doesn't serve me. And it's a belief system because I I think that that's good, trying to keep an eye on a million things at once, right? However, how is that? That actually doesn't serve me, right? There's only certain things that I can affect, okay? And if the things that you can't affect get out of control, then... You get stuck in that place, right? And that'll bring you down. Should you, as a human, try to be as aware as you can about the comings and goings of not only the country but the globe? Yes. Should you be observant and aware? Yes. However, there's a point where you can't actually let it affect you because you can't fucking control it. And I think that's what I'd done. Yet it's interesting. Go back to the basics and reset and go again with a different perspective okay you know we've said the word perspective on this podcast i don't even know i wish i had a dollar for every time we did however you can change it okay and always remember guys that my perspective is just my perspective i don't want you to agree with me i don't actually expect you to agree with me in fact if you wanted to have an honest conversation at times i'd prefer you disagree with me because then we can seek another perspective because i don't I'm not tied to the ideas that I espouse. In fact, I welcome a changed idea, right? I welcome more evidence to, to build upon another perspective or at least being able to, to, to get those perspectives. Don't ever forget the mirror ball, guys, right? You've got to collect those tiles on your mirror ball so you can react in a, in a manner that befits your station as a coder. Okay, that's part of the, the, the poem that I wrote, the, the Coder's Oath, for this podcast. And I think I've ranted for long enough. So where I want to finish is we all must be aware. However, at some point it's going to become undeniable that we need to do something collectively. Everybody wants it to return to normal. There is... what is happening day to day now is redefining that and i hate the new normal because it hasn't finished playing out yet ladies and gentlemen it's not even fucking close right if we don't and yeah i'd love it to well you know shit happens for a reason right i think we needed to learn from something and they needed to try and exert as much control as they could and see how far they could go if such a narrative like that exists and it's hard to it's hard not to see it in some stuff, right? How with, with all the conspiracies, it's hard to wade through the bullshit. This is just my perspective looking at it from a, objectively as I can. Um, we will have to stand at some point, 
and I don't know what the reason is going to be or I don't know what the contrast is going to be and I am worried for us. I'm worried for the world. I'm worried for us. I, 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 I foresee rocky times ahead and I hope that I'm wrong. However, we can't keep doing what we're doing, right? If we need to evolve that. Spot on, mate. Couldn't agree more. We need to evolve how we think about ourselves, about our loved ones, about what is actually good not only for ourselves and our loved ones but each other and each other regardless of colour, creed, religion, sex, politics, right? You know, and the thing is, is if someone wants to be a gender-fluid unicorn, unicorn, (laughs) if someone wants to be a gender-fluid unicorn, let them do it. That's cool. But there's no need that you, you shouldn't have to bend the fucking knee because someone wants to do something different, right? That is, that's actually not moral and it's not fair, okay? Everyone should be welcome. Everyone should have uh, equal opportunity. However, equal outcome is up to the individual because everybody is different and we are different. I'm not going to play that fucking game, okay? And there's boys and girls and yes, there's in-betweens. However, that's it. I don't. I. I can't deal with that. Okay, you know. I grew up around gays and lesbians. I have no problems with anybody of any persuasion. However, don't throw it in my fucking face. Okay, that's not cool, right? And we shouldn't have to bend the knee. That's not cool either. We shouldn't have to bend the knee for anything, right? You know, there's the 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 classic three hundred meme. All we require is that you take a knee. Well, you see. That's going to be a fucking problem, okay? Because we should never have to take a knee, especially when something is, is, is morally unjust. And I think there is a lack of morals in modern society. Where's the honour? Where's the, the chivalry, the gallantry? The, where is the respect? Where is the understanding? There's a basic set of human rules that we, we everybody knows to get along because you can get... of people one-on-one and find something common in common and they're pretty cool people. They're interesting. However, every now and again, there's a bad egg. That's, That's the reality of our existence. We can't allow the bad eggs or the extreme sides of ourselves and each other dictate our existence when majority of us live in the middle. We're being pushed to a point of no return. Okay. Now, I don't know where we're actually going. It's very fascinating. There's multiple directions that I could see that it could go. However, none of them are very fun. And, you know, a sobering thing that Mr. McDermott said the other day was that it would only be our grandchildren's kids, so our children's children, so two generations before they couldn't understand what we have now if the shit was to hit the fan. Think about that. In 50 years, it would be a distant memory of what we used to have. Okay, And for whatever reason, most of the stuff we got is pretty cool. If we could be cool with each other, why can't we just be cool? And, you know, we, we, we just need to be more equitable. And it's a hard thing because of the system that we are in, yet no one, you know, I, I, <laughs> the Forbes list is cute. The trillionaires look at the Forbes list and go, oh, you made that much money, right? But no one should have a trillion fucking dollars or two trillion dollars or however many. And isn't the US government in debt by two trillion dollars? Like, who the fuck do we owe that money to? The Decepticons? Like, who the fuck? 
what is going on? It's all foobar. Yet, I want to believe that we could exist together. I don't know how that way takes shape. However, I want to believe that. And I think maybe I had stopped believing that. I maybe stopped um, not believing in myself. However, I'd slipped into belief systems that didn't serve me. And it always it can happen. It happens to all of us. But that's okay. How long does it take you to reset? That's the key. Reduce those mounts. The interval that it takes you to dip below and, and dip into the darkness and the mud and the, the shit. How long before you come back out of that? And you just got to make those instances shorter and shorter. Well, look, that was a hell of a rant. I just want everyone to be cool. And I am worried. And I think that that affected me for a minute. However, onwards and upwards... Uh, we're going to have Brendan Murphy back on the podcast next week to give us the, the lowdown on what's been going on. And this podcast, this is cool, okay? we It was late in the refinery, and it was Neil's first time out to the refinery, and we were having a good time. And we weren't even sure we were going to record, and we ended up turning the mics on and just telling some stories. Some of them pretty crazy. Like some of the stories Neil told me were pretty crazy. Some of the ones I told him he thought, he was, he thought were crazy. You know, it's interesting how you gather experiences in life. So these one is just story time. As per uh, Mr. Getty's request, the opening song to this podcast is Paranoia by Black Sabbath. I'm going to close with I Know You because obviously with the work that the Black Dog Brotherhood is doing, it's very important and make sure you get on and support him on Facebook, Instagram, all the things. He's doing some very, very quality work and I can appreciate that and he's he's given it a, a red hot crack and, and having some really excellent results. The community there is a great bunch of people and you know it's a, a privilege to see what he's doing and uh, have these conversations with him. That's it guys. Thanks very much. Again, sorry for the rant. I needed that. Hopefully it gave you some perspective. Look, I'd love to hear from you. Hit me up, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Unlocking the code 9 at gmail.com. Thanks very much. Stay focused. Be kind. Be good to your brothers and sisters on this big blue ball hurtling through space. Look after yourself. Look after each other. Be cool. And we'll talk soon. Cheers.
G'day everyone, welcome back. I have with me Neil Geddes. How are you, man? And I am really good. Stoked to be here. It's late, man. We're in the refinery. We weren't actually sure we were going to record tonight. We've just been having an experience, haven't we? We have. It's been uh, just conversation, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. Conversation. And we decided to set the mics up. And you asked me whether I had any ghost stories. And then you started with a story. And we thought, you know what? Let's record some stories. And yes, that is Black Sabbath you hear in the background. We're just we're experimenting tonight. We're just having a play around and giving a... <laughs> that sounds cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're just uh. having a play around. <laughs> I know what the Vaseline's for now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. That went south quick, man. That, that, that... My, my bad. <laughs> oh, and that was me. <laughs> But anyway, dude, you were gonna. We thought we'd we thought we'd share some stories, maybe some tales, or you know, I want you to share the story you just told with your mate, what you saw in the state forest, man, because that is yeah. So it's not so much a ghost story as something that actually happened. So I think I was about seventeen or eighteen. Um, I was living uh, just south of Newcastle in New South Wales at the time. And I'd been out at a, uh, a beach party yeah. and uh, I was, you know, really, really drunk and maybe allegedly your honor, a little bit high. I was like, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was 17, 18 at the time, whatever. And uh, we're driving back and um, we're going through uh, like a patch of uh, state forest yeah. and there's like a truck stop. And as we went past the truck stop, I was just sort of like gazing out the window, enjoying my life. And then I, I saw what I thought was a dude walking out of the bushes with, it looked like he had a human head in his hand, like a woman's head and like blonde hair and he was holding it. Yeah, right. And straight away, I'm like, nope. No, nope. didn't see that. Nope, didn't, didn't see that. that. You're yeah. stoned, you're drunk. Nope, allegedly stoned, Your Honour. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm like, nope, didn't happen. And yeah. I just went back to looking out the window. About five or 10 seconds later, my mate who was driving went, did you see anything back at that truck stop? I'm like, well, 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 why? why? Well, what did you see? Well, what, did you, what did you see? What did you see? And he's like, no, what did you see? And I'm like, no, you, you, what did you see? And he goes, I thought I saw a dude holding a woman's head. Oh, no. And straight away, we just like, fuck do we do? Just fucking, we just legged it. Just, but that's what it was. A, that's... It was, yeah, in the Belangolo State Forest area, and it was around the time of the Ivan Malat fucking murders. It was old Ivan was, old Ivan was doing his work. Potentially, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that trippy? And the thing is, like, if, if you saw it and no one else saw it, it's like... That's what I wasn't going to say anything because I'm like, no way. No, no that yeah. shit doesn't happen. That's yeah. shit's, in, shit's in movies. Uh, wow. Yeah, because I was talking about before, I was like, I don't think I've told this story on the podcast that me and my mates when we were younger, we saved a couple from a rollover. And, uh, yeah, we were driving through Litchfield National Park and I looked in my rearview mirror to see a GQ patrol barrel rolling through the mirror into a tree. And it's like, did I fucking see that? You know what I mean? <laughs> like you can't believe that it's actually real. I'm not sure that that happened. Turns out that one did happen. And the dude was all fucked up. He's hanging out, hanging out of the window jam of a GQ patrol. And yeah, we thought he was gone. But um, yeah, it's fucking. How bad were his injuries? Uh, he had his left arm was he, all down his left side. So he was pretty. His left shoulder had been dislocated, like he'd been twisted out. Oh, so like been, his arm had been like twisted and almost ripped off. Yeah, pretty oh, much fuck. all his ribs and shit. Um, so we put him in the recovery position. It was actually a really interesting perception of people because this patrol, like the only thing looking back, like 
the the chick was driving. She was okay. She climbed out of the uh, driver's seat through the windscreen. Yep. But he was all messed up, right? I think she had her seatbelt on. Um, and the only thing I would do was turn the ignition off because the car caught fire. Yeah. Like it fucking melted to the ground. Yep. And um, it went... So what happened was we had a couple of chicks with us. It was a few friends of mine, uh, James, Patricia, um, Matty Wright, who may he rest in peace, um, and an English bloke. I can't remember his name. But anyway, so the... We got the uh, the English bloke and Trish to look after the injured dude. Yep. We put him. We got a towel, put him in the recovery position, but obviously on the right side. You preferably left, but we put him on the right because that's where his damage was. Yeah. Gave him some water. First car that pulled up, we tried to send him back to the ranger station because we're 150 k's from fucking nowhere, man. This yeah. is Litchfield National Oh, this is like, yeah, out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Northern Territory outside Darwin. Yeah, like we're 130 k's from town. Yeah. Um. And so send them back to get the Ranger. And so then we thought, shit, the car's on fire. We'll, we'll make a you know, barrier at either end. Yeah. So two blokes ran one way, two blokes ran another way. And we tried to flag people down. And why we had fucking dudes go round us at 100 k's an hour. Like fucking no shit. unbelievable, man. Just and didn't then, want a bar of it. Nah, and then other people stopped right next to the fucking car take photos. To and take like, photos? Yeah. Or it's on fire. What? And the I didn't fuck? know whether it was petrol or diesel. Like I didn't know whether it was. I think it must have been diesel because it didn't go bang. Yeah. However, I didn't know that. You know. What and, is wrong with people? Yeah, crazy man, crazy. Yeah, but yeah, he survived. He was all right. Um, we got a bloody write up in the paper about it. I think it's in there somewhere. The paper. I'll show you later. But yeah, that was a trippy fucking experience, man. You know, but the things you just do that, you know, like. You know, and the, like, the, and the the article they wrote was pretty good back then. It's like, they're like, oh, you guys are heroes. It's like, we're not fucking heroes. We just, just call being a decent human. Yeah, being. exactly. Yeah. Watch some dude roll over. We're not going to, you know. Out there, if, like, if you guys hadn't stopped, it could have been a death sentence. Fuck knows how long you would have had. Fucking exactly. If and you know, until the next car actually stopped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, we just. I would have hoped the fucking person that come after us would have done the same. You know, if that was us, I hope the per- next person that come along would help us out. You know. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that just being, yeah, as you say, being a decent person? That's all we're doing. Yeah. Trippy stuff, man. But yeah, I have got some, I've had some trippy experiences, man. Like, here's one I have told on the podcast before, but it was a couple of years ago. So when I was, in, I used to live in Nullumbor in the NT. That's where I finished my high school. Yep. Um, we had a big upstairs Queenslander house. Yep. And so I that's like, like proper rural, eh? Oh, that's on the tip. So we're, Darwin's on one tip, Nullumboy's on the other tip. Yeah. But it's 3,000 people in the middle of nowhere in an aluminium mine. That's basically all it is. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, like very cool experiences, man. But yeah, I spent my – I got my license at 15 and nine months and one day. Because <laughs> <laughs> you get it at 15 and nine months. Um, yeah, we were at – I played in Arnhem Land for like those those couple of years there. Went out in all sorts of crazy places. But I had, I had the corner bedroom, and I had, like, bunks, but they were in an L shape, so, like, it was against the wall, and then there was another bunk underneath yeah, yeah, like yeah. that, and I was on the top bunk. It's about 16, 15, 16, somewhere in there, and, um, yeah, this one night, I fucking woke up, and I swear that there was, like, a, there was a presence in the corner. Yep. And I can't tell you why I say this but it was like a little girl like in a ball yeah and um, she was scared right 
and I was scared because I was like, "What the fuck is that?" Like yeah, that, yeah. But it was, it was. I got that it wasn't um, malevolent. You know what I mean? I, yeah, yeah. She was just scared. Yeah. And I was just like, "Okay, so what do I do? I can't go to sleep. Like, what is this in my room here?" And so I, think I, I physically said to her, "Look, it's okay. You're safe here. You can hang around here. It's okay, right?" And it sort of calmed down, for want of a better description. Yeah. And I must have fell back asleep. Now, that presence came back probably about ten days or so from memory, and um, and it was sort of got comfortable really. And I sort of said, "Look, there's a bed here. If you need to rest, you can rest. You know, like I don't." What else do I do? There's this presence <laughs> in my room, right? And not much I can really do to change this situation. No, at the moment. It's, it's okay. It's just this is what's <laughs> happening. Uh, and then that the night that I said it could get in the bed, it actually it like I'm not saying there was a lump in the thing already, but I just sensed that it was in the bed. Yep. And then it left, and never came back. Yeah, so right. I think it was looking for rest or release or something, a wandering spirit, maybe. I don't know, man. Me and, uh, me and my fiance share a demon. <laughs> I think we, we we think that it's attached to her and it gets confused because we do uh, sort of, we both have 50-50 custody with our respective kids. So we sort of get a week where we're with our own kids and we get a week where we live together and we generally just stay at my place. Yeah. And uh, I think whatever it is, it gets confused between where she is and sometimes it'll just pop up at my place. But... <laughs> We're, it's we've actually named it Fred. It's got a name, right? <laughs> and Fred plays by the rules because when you tell him to leave, he actually leaves. He doesn't hang around. So it's almost like a part of my nightly routine. If there's something funky feeling in my room, I'm yeah, like fuck off, Fred. Literally, Fred, <laughs> you're not fucking welcome. You have to leave. <laughs> it's like maybe it's nothing. Maybe I'm losing my fucking mind, but I ain't gonna chance it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it makes you feel better, man. It doesn't matter. Well, man, when it first started, because uh, Jamie, my fiance, she's the one who's like telling me about all this crazy shit happening to her and I hadn't seen it. And then it started happening in my room as well and I was like, ah, oh, fuck. But then it's sort of at a point now where it can be at either house or both houses. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's existing. Yeah. Yeah, man. It, look, there's other things out there. Look, another ghost story I've got was um, my, one of my good mates growing up, his brother, Craig, he went, he got killed in a motorbike accident, but a really trippy one. Like it, just one in a million type shit. Yeah. Two, one bike come one way, one bike come another way, and it basically took his head off. The bike going like this took his head off. No way. No shit, man. And like to, the chances of two bikes being in that spot at that time. But yeah, interestingly, and the, when he left, he told his mum he loved her and all this sort of stuff. Like it's, it's it was the weirdest thing. That's insane. But um, we were at Steve's place, and he... Because I, I went to stay with him because I, I was playing with him at the time. Well, we were children, not, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're hanging out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, I stayed at his house because he wanted me to stay with him. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I fucking swear to anything that Steve was sitting up talking to Craig. Yeah, right. And they were having a conversation and I remember looking at it and going, hang on, that's not for me. And I went back to sleep. Yeah, right. Yeah. We and, are. and Steve said the next day that Craig came and talked to him. Yeah, right. Yeah. My, uh, I've had a bit of a reoccurring role with uh, my old man popping up in my life. Uh, my dad died of cancer when I was, I think I was 19. He died at 43. Yeah, and, right. And um, there's been a couple of like incidences involving either my kids or myself. And it's just, it's kind of weird. Like 
there was one, and I think this might have been the very first time. So after he passed away, I was with my uh, my my ex wife, my wife at the time, and I think we'd only just started going out. That's how. So I was still pretty young. Like mm. I was in my early twenties. So my old man had only been passed for a couple of years at that point, and um, I'd worked the night before, so I was sleeping during the day, and we're due to go out for a party that night. And she's woken me up, and I remember when she woke me up, I said, like, I was having this dream, and I couldn't fucking figure out this dream, right? Mm. And uh, in this dream, it was really important that I ring this phone number, but I can only remember the last three digits of it, and it was 022. I'm like, she goes, that's that's your number. She read me back my number, I'm like, holy shit, that's the number. Basically, in this dream, I was having this fucking tripped-out dream that I had to contact myself for fucking, you know, immediately for fucking security or some shit like that, right? Yeah. Weird, whatever. So we get ready, we're going to this party and we're driving along and um, to me, it's really hard to explain. So I felt like there was somebody in the car mm-hmm. and it was to the point where the hair on the back of my neck started to stand up like fucking, like I looked back because I was dead set convinced there was somebody in the back. Yeah. But there was nobody there but the presence fucking stayed, right? Yeah. And it got so intense that, even, here you go, for those playing along at home, yeah, 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 fucking yeah. the hair on my arm standing up, just fucking thinking about it. Mm. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, all right, just chill. Don't fucking, don't freak your girlfriend out and start fucking saying there's something in the car. <laughs> but then she goes, can you feel that? Yeah. And I'm like, fuck. And I like, feel what? And she goes, it feels like weird in here. And as soon as she said that, no shit. Temperature in the car started to drop and the like the window started to get fucking condensation and it was like in summer, Sydney summer. Yeah. And it started to get chilly in the car and the window started to fog up and we both started to freak the fuck out. And I said to her, I said, pull over. Just fucking pull over. Stop the car, pull over. And we pulled over to the side of the road and about five seconds after we pulled over to the side of the road, this fucking, I think it was a black Commodore from memory, comes screaming past. We're talking high hundreds, low 200 fucking Ks an hour. And as soon as that car went past us, everything in the car went back to normal. Presence left, fucking condensation, fucking like all the temp went back to normal. Stop. As soon as we got out of the way of that fucking car going past. Right. So you reckon maybe it fucking saved you from a... Fucking- yeah. It was fucking... And the fact that like obviously, you know, my missus was in the car with me at the time. Mm. It wasn't just me losing my mind, but it was... Oh, and that car, so it turned out we found out the next day had been involved in a fucking gang hit. They'd executed some dude in a parking lot and they were fucking scooting away from that. Yeah, right. Yeah, so we didn't find that out till the next day. Fuck, that's trippy, man. Yeah. People looking out for us, eh? I reckon it's my old man. Um, I would be, man. Well, my, uh, my, my oldest daughter, who's almost 13 now... When she was still a baby in a cot, um, we used to catch her. So my old man used to sing. Like he was in the Navy, but he also used to sing. He did singing in concerts right up till, you know, he got sick. Yeah, right. Um, so he just loved his singing and loved performing. And uh, my daughter, who was in a cot at the time, she would be sitting in there and singing with somebody back in the forwards that we couldn't see. She'd do it all the time. We'd hear on the monitor singing with fucking someone. Really? Like going back and forwards, but we're only getting half the fucking broadcast. Wow. Yeah, and she later on, so she never ever met my dad. You know, my dad died before I uh, had any of my kids. Yeah. And I had a photo of myself and uh, my dad. And she came in and she pointed to that photo and said, Poppy. Pointed to my dad and said, Poppy. She never met him. Didn't know what he looked like. Didn't even know who Poppy was. Yeah, she did. She ID'd him and fucking said, yeah, Poppy. Yeah, she did, man. They, they're closer to the veil, dude. They're closer to the veil. They're closer to the... 
spawn of creation. Like I do think younger children, I think everybody has the ability to see and feel different things. However, it's bred out of us to a point, you know, we, 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 were, all... talking, we were talking about this before and how things are changing with me, with what I listen to and my feelings and my personality and that, the changes in that. Mm. Yeah. It's it, in you, everybody, you got to just be at one with yourself, man. We're all, it's all, everything's energy, dude, you know, like, and I, I think for sure energy, it's just the next step. Death is just the next step. Energy transmutes into something. Yeah. You know, and the bottom line is we do not know what makes us conscious, right? What makes me Triffin and you Neil? That's called the hard problem in neuroscience. They don't know. They don't know why we are who we are. But that essence, that soul, that that's that's from fucking wherever it's from, you know? And I think they can check on us. Like I remember my granddad's funeral. He was a staunch old man. Yeah. Through and through. I'm literally carrying him. I have his coffin in my right arm, right? Yeah. Me and my cousins. And we walk out and there's a Ford hearse. <laughs> and I hear in my ear as I'm sliding my granddad into the fucking hearse, in my ear goes, they could have got me a fucking Holden. And it was my granddad. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, yeah, man, right. And then I slid him in and he... Yeah, that, right. He, I know joke, man. Did you ask if any of the other guys had a similar experience? Who are the other pallbearers? Because wouldn't it be interesting if they all fucking heard something, but nobody said anything? That's actually, I might get in touch with them. I'll see. That could be an interesting experiment. But uh, yeah, for sure, man. I heard I could have got me a fucking Holden. Like me, uh, my older brother and I had the same dream about our old man. Not long after he passed away, actually, same thing. Fucking, I had a dream that I was sitting in a. It was just a room and two chairs, literally black room, two chairs, and I was just sitting and having a conversation with my old man, and he was just telling me that everything was going to be all right because it was in that, you know. Just lost your dad, whole world's falling apart, everything's shit. Yeah. And it was a very simple dream of just us sitting in a dark room on chairs and him telling me everything's going to be all right. And I told my older brother the next day, I like, had this dream about dad last night. And he went fucking white as a ghost because he had the exact same dream. The night yeah, before. right. Yeah. Man, they have, the, you know, and I, look, you know, I think, you know, I've got granddad's initials on my bike, you know. Yep. He rides with me sometimes. Every now and again, I'm riding. I feel like someone's riding with me. And I used to sort of fucking freak out a little bit. Then I'm like, now I don't. It's, it happens. It doesn't happen as often anymore. He's been passed a few years now. However, yeah, every now and again, because I ride by myself primarily, so it's like I'm riding solo, but every now and again I feel like there's someone riding with me. Yep. Because he was a professional bike racer back in his day. That's what he used to do, ride road bikes. Badass before there was badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, <laughs> man, you should see the stuff he used to ride. Like, it's unbelievable. Wouldn't pass fucking workplace health and safety no, these no, days. No <laughs> but that was the problem. She'll be right. That was the problem, dear old granddad, when he started to get a bit older. Because even like at 80 years old, he'd, he'd, make, he'd come and pick me up from the airport when I go and visit. Yeah, no shit. At Melbourne. Yeah. He's like, I'll come and get you. But what started happening is he keep telling his, tell, start telling his stories and he'd fucking like, oh, we used to ride down there and the car started to go that way. Like, <laughs> granddad, granddad. Yeah. Just like, as he's driving, just keep one hand on the wheel for him. <laughs> just in case. But yeah, no, may he rest in peace, man. Like, yeah. But it's, I think there's, there's, you know, every religion is basically the quest for what happens when you die. That, you know, and ultimately we don't really know. However, I think by and large, majority of people, even stark deniers of paranormal and that sort of stuff, 
if you sit down and have a conversation, everybody's had some sort of experience, man. You know what I mean? There's some, some weird shit. Life is. Life is just experiences. Yeah, exactly. If you haven't had a fucking experience, what have you been doing for the last, you know, how many years? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you, it's everything's about experience. Man. What was I thinking about? I was, trying, I was just thinking about another story to tell. Oh, that's right. So, so you wouldn't have heard this. I, I have told this one as well, but it's fine, whatever. I'm going to stop <laughs> saying that. Um, me and my offsider were coming back from Dolby. And see, the thing was is that basically we were told after midnight we could go home. So what we do is we'd go and fucking sleep for four hours and get up at midnight and drive home and be home for sunrise for, you know. Yep. And we're driving through the middle of the night. And it's a fucking dead flat road out there, man. It goes on forever. Yeah. And there's nothing, right? And like we know, I'm out there on the projects. Like I know where the rigs are and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. There's this fucking light in the distance. This fucking bright light. And just didn't do anything. Just didn't go anywhere. It just was always the same distance from us. It was all, and it just was, it was like they, it was like a min-min light. That's how they described the min-min lights, right? There's just like lights out there. Yeah. And there's nothing never, out there. You just can't get to them. They're there's just... nothing out there. And then, like, it was it was always there, and it never got any further. It never got any closer. It was always there. And we followed this thing for 20 minutes, man. Or, you know, like, to the point where me and my side are going, we're both seeing, well, we're actually having a conversation. We're both seeing that light. Yeah. And we're like, there's nothing out there. We know where everything is. You know, like, there's, there's nothing out there to see, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, just phew, switched off. And we're just like, fucking hell. That was <laughs> trippy. Like, I don't know what that was, but, yeah, it's crazy, man. You seen any trippy shit on your on your travels? Seen. Man, I... Um, or experienced? <laughs> man, I uh, backpacked around... So, before my old man got sick, actually, that's what I was doing. I stopped uh, backpacking to come back and help look after my old man. But, yeah, I backpacked and was doing uh, fruit picking work for about a year and a bit, and... I've got journals somewhere of that of of that period of my life. Yeah, I reckon you could make a fucking movie out of it, eh? Hey? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just looseness piled upon looseness. Yeah, right. <laughs> any any stories stick out? I'm trying I'm trying to think of ones that won't incriminate me too much. <laughs> All right, actually, so I was traveling with a dude. Uh, I can't. I think his real name was Gary. I should know this, but his nickname was Stretch because he was real fucking tall. Yeah. My nickname was Wombat, uh, eats root, shoots, and leaves. Um, <laughs> and we went by stretching. We went, we went by stretching Wombat everywhere we went, and like we travelled. So he had uh, he had his truck license, and he had an, an old uh, Pantac, like the old bread trucks. Yeah, Roger. So yeah. The, the cab is separate from the fucking like where you drive, and it's like you've yeah. got to get physically get out and walk around and put a roller up at the back. Yeah, we lived in the back of that. We decked it out. We fucking chucked a couple of mattresses in there, and we got like gas cookers and some chest of drawers that we fucking lashed in. And yeah, right. We lived in the back of that, and we essentially just fucking travelled from one place to the next fruit picking that's what we did and it was just carnage <laughs> <laughs> yeah right we so- um so we were just outside of uh gundawindi yeah and we were stopped and we like we just go to local parks use their barbecues cook up that sort of stuff and we're in like a local park and this dude comes over and just starts chatting with us He's backpacking, whatever. He hasn't eaten in a while. Basically, asks if he can fucking hang with us and fucking get a feed. Get a feed, and we're like, yeah, man, that's cool. No dramas at all. Um, and it turns out Jeremy was a juggler, so 
in exchange for us fucking giving him a feed, he put on a fucking juggling show for us. And this, oh, bullshit. This dude could fucking juggle. I swear to God, he had like 10 things in the air just going and he was doing like under the legs and turns. Like the dude was a legit fucking street juggler. what he did. Um, yeah, and we were stoned to tell at the time because that's what you do when you're backpacking. Yeah. And um, yeah, and we're like, wicked. So we're like, well, do you want to stick around? You know, have a, have a, have a bit of a smoke in the back of the truck with us, whatever. Uh. So we got in the back and we're, you know, having a bit of a, a bit of a scoochy scooch. And um, he goes really quiet. He just stops. He just stops being involved in the fucking conversation. Mm. Is that a snake that just fucking moved in the in the refinery? No, no. <laughs> what was that fucking noise? Are we I don't know die? what that noise was. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I need to put my feet up. Anyways, so we're mid conversation, whatever, and Jeremy just stops talking. Mm. And we look over at him, and he's got like a chisel that he's picked up, just something that we had lying around from a toolbox or whatever. He's just fucking running his thumb backwards and forwards over his fucking chisel. But he's looking at us while he's doing it and just not saying anything. Oh, no. And we're like, hey, what's up? You okay, man? Yeah, sort of like, you all right, man? You good? Didn't say anything. Just sat there just fucking rubbing his thumb across his fucking chisel. And then he just looks at us and he goes, holds up this fucking chisel, looks at the chisel, looks at us and he goes, do you know how much damage you can do to a human body with one of these? Oh, so, me and Stretch, being on the exact same wavelength, we didn't even need to communicate. We just rushed him. We just fucking rushed this cunt because the back doors were slightly like cracked so we could get out. Mm. So, we just pushed him straight through them and just launched him out the back of the truck at fucking high speed. Fuck. Fucking, he's fucking, we've just thrown his shit. We've had to like run around to get into the fucking cab to drive. Just taken off and left this cunt, right? And then we found out a couple of days later... And it was like a fucking serial killer that got picked up just outside of Gundawindi. Some dude who was fucking hacking up backpackers. Oh, you're joking. <laughs> True story, man. I've got it in my journal somewhere. I should bring that. That'll make for a whole episode on it, Dane. Wow. <laughs> no bullshit. Yeah, man. That's crazy, dude. Wow. Like, how close were you then? <laughs> like, that's a fucking... There was a window there, man. It was just... Like, it was just... Everything was like, this dude was cool. He was juggling. He was fucking. And then just once we got in the back there, just chit-chat and then just fucking stopped. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, right. Fuck. Wow. Wow. That, I don't know what I can do to beat that story. That's crazy, <laughs> man. That's crazy. Who's going to do you with your own chisel as well? <laughs> the nerve. Use, yeah. your own, use your own fucking chisel. Yeah, exactly. Where's your knife, man? Yeah, if you're going to murder somebody, bring your own tools, for fuck's sake. It's like bumming a durry and then asking for a light as well. You <laughs> rude bastard. <laughs> yeah, right. So that's two close calls you've had with bloody... Well, I had another one as well. It wasn't anything as severe as that, but I had another one while I was backpacking. Same thing. Dude picked us up. Uh, you know, and I jumped in, told him where I was going, and like, he was just weird. He's just a big, fat, weird dude. Picture a dude who lives in his mum's basement and plays yeah, computers twenty four seven and just eats junk food. Yeah. That's what this dude looked like, right? He was just a fucking, he was just a deviant. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm weird like, dude. Weird dude, fuck. Man. And he's like, the, the the conversation was like pulling teeth. It was just like, I'd be like, hey, how you going? You live around here? You know, just yeah, chit-chatting. But he was just really awkward. And then there was a long, awkward silence. And I'm like, fuck. You know, a, a second-class drive is better than a first-class walk. Just keep your mouth shut and fucking yeah. get where you got to go. And then he, he turns around out of the blue and he goes, do you like pornographic movies? 
I'm like, excuse me? Like, do you like, do you watch, do you watch porn at all? I'm like, uh, yeah, sure, I watch porn. Yeah, what guy doesn't? And he's like, um, would you like to come to my house and watch, watch porn with me? I'm like, no. <laughs> no, thank you. I, uh, I don't want to go and watch porn with you. I just, and, and then I'm like, and then I'm like, can you just pull over here? I'm just going to jump out. This is too awkward now. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go. Yeah. And he didn't pull over. And I go, seriously, dude, pull the fucking car over. I am fucking getting out. He kept driving. Like, pull the fucking car over. And he just fucking, and he started to accelerate. And I'm like, fuck. All right. So I waited till he come to it. As he came into town, he came to a fucking set of red lights. And as soon as he did that, I swung a fucking massive elbow just around straight into his fucking nose and just crave, just cave the front of his face in, grabbed my pack that was sitting between my legs and like sort of just rolled out of the fucking car, legged it. Whoa. (laughs) There's a couple of close calls there, mate. (laughs) There's a couple of close calls there. When you put them all together like that, yeah. Yeah. There was time between them. It wasn't, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It wasn't, wasn't, wasn't a week. It wasn't all in one week. It was. It's been spread out, but yeah. <laughs> hey, Truth, do you like to watch pornographic movies? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh man! Wow. I don't know what would you. Yeah, like I think you did the only thing you could do. You know what I mean? Like you just. Yeah, I wasn't staying in the car. No, 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 no. He no. had no movies I wanted to watch <laughs> at any point in time. <laughs> wow, wow, that's trippy, man. <laughs> if I had have gone and watched those movies, I have no doubt in my mind he would have been starring in them. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, man! It's just things we fucking see, eh? Man, I had two. I had two gay dudes pick us up, and they basically offered for me to come back. They offered me money and like gratuitous amounts of coke to come back and party with them. But like, they weren't pervs or anything. They were just two gay dudes who wanted to fuck a backpacker. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Cheers, flattered, but no. Yeah. And they're like, completely cool with it. They were fucking like, oh, you know, you never know till you ask. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. They were like, they're like, yeah, fucking try it on. You never know. He might, exactly. be, into, he might be into dick, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's totally fine if you are. It's, yeah. Yeah. Well, at least they treated you well. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to treat me better, but... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, uh, so many moons ago... In the land far, far away. <laughs> was um, it the refinery? Was no, it, was it here in the refinery? <laughs> no, it was not. Uh, they used to have opposite balls. Do you? They used to have opposite balls. So basically, the chicks would go as dudes, oh, and the dudes yeah, would go yeah, as chicks. Yeah. And um, yeah, we we used to get off our dials and have some fun with that. And so I was in a bit slimmer. You know, I was about eighteen, nineteen. Bit slimmer, a bit trimmer. You know what I mean? I'm in my prime. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so I wore fishnet stockings. Uh, black mini skirt and a, like a white fucking shirt. Yeah, and, and a and a blonde wig. Terrible blonde wig. Terrible. However, because I'm me and I don't give a fuck, I wore that out. Right. Good. That's <laughs> good. <laughs> well, I think there, there was a there was a group of us. Like all the dudes were dressed as chicks, and all the chicks were dressed as yeah. chicks, Right. 
and um, I had this fucking dude pinch me on the ass from behind. <laughs> did he do it thinking you were a chick though? Or did he- yes, the look on his face because I left my goatee on. <laughs> the look on his face when I fucking turned around. <laughs> I think... It's like, uh, it's all good, man. Don't worry about it. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> unclean, unclean, shame, shame. <laughs> Bell ringing, following me around. <laughs> oh man, no, it's actually here. Do you want to? Do you want to? Uh, to to bring it uh, bring it back down to a spooky uh, spiritual story talk about belief systems and stuff yep so when i was in png the first time we were on the side of a mountain and um there'd been landslide on the side of that mountain before yep and it had killed two blokes um and so the the the, the boys we had working for us we had 70 percent national workforce which i think is pretty good you know what i mean employ yep. the locals i think that's really good However, they're very, um, they have their own set of spiritual belief systems. And basically, they were going to gorgor the rig. And a gorgor is like this vine. And you rock up to your, wherever you work, and there's a gorgor on it. You can't work. That's it. It's over. Yeah, okay. Until whatever the problem is is sorted out. Yep. Um, they were going to gorgor us and basically walk off unless we got a blessed by the, unless we actually did a ceremony. Yeah. And that ceremony was basically sacrificing a pig. Yeah, right. Um. What they wanted to do is they wanted to cut the pig's head off over the hole we were going to drill and then drill through the pig's head. We can't do that. You know what I mean? Like there's a whole <laughs> heap of things. Fucking Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but what we did do, um, well, see, I, because I picked the language up pretty quickly, I, um, <laughs> I sort of became like an interpreter. So I was talking to Max and like, okay, we'll get a pig. And basically, what they ended up doing was slitting the throat of the pig yep. over the hole. Yep. And this poor pig, man, like, it was in the back of the troop carrier for fucking hours, man. Anyway, but uh, they finally got it up. They did it. They took it away. They cooked it. I think uh, it was about 800 keener for the pig. So I gave the, you know, and 200 keener to cook it. So I gave, like, 12, 1,400 keener to the village. Yep. A bit of extra, you know what I mean? Going, you know, as a... Yep. Whatever. So they cook it, they bring it back, we eat some of it, and then the rest goes back. And then in the night, the shaman, for want of a better term, comes in and blesses the site and, and does all the does the whatever yep. he needs to do. And we were cool. Now, the interesting thing is that on that site, there was no incidents. Right? Now, like I said, I've got my deployment workplace health and safety, okay? So... Yep. You can predict pretty easily how many small incidents or ser- and when a serious incident is going to happen. Like there's just there's a there's a numbers game to it, right? Yeah. Nothing was happening. Like there was a fair few crazy near misses that probably should have been incidents but weren't. Yeah. Nothing happened. No shit. No shit, man. <laughs> Right, no shit. Just making a policy to get it all work site. Got to get your work site blessed. Show me your blessing card, can't we? Doesn't on site. That's right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you haven't been blessed, mate. Go get blessed before you can come on site. So you know, look, and you can you can decide. And even like up at the laydown yard, they went up to the laydown yard, and we had um, actually the fastest I've ever run in my life. I reckon was when the fucking uh, there was a landfall. Um, 
talking about landfall, bloody landslide. Yeah, yep, yep. And it was on top of the ridge, and it basically this massive, and you could tell it was a massive tree. Like the trunk would have been as big as this room. Like that's yeah, how yep. fucking big it was, you know. And it's you just heard this crack, like this sound, this crack, and basically it fell. And then took all the fucking side of the hill with it, man. We're watching it, and we ran so fast, like no shit, no shit, man. It didn't. And the thing is, even how many with, people died in that? None. Even with that, it stopped just before the laydown. No shit. No shit. Like where the laydown yard, the hard stand was, where yep. we actually had it. Um, like we had like chipstone there. Yeah. It literally stopped twenty meters before that. Damn. So, you know what I mean. Have you ever have you ever been because you're in PNG? Have you ever been to a site where there's been a known massacre or a lot of people die? Have you ever been to a place where there's been a lot of death? No, but I was in a gun battle. Well, not technically in a gun battle, but I was there. Look, the thing is, in PNG, especially at Lihi on the mine site, there's been heaps of people die there, man. Yeah, in mining accidents over the years, like there's been a lot. When we were uh, when I was, when I went to Timor with the army. One of the places we stayed at, there had been a a, a massacre there. Yeah. Uh, not during our deployment, but at some point, this this building that we're, that we're occupying, there had been a fucking massacre there, um, and we heard stories from the locals about fucking you know babies and kids being thrown from the walls and stuff like that. Jesus. But the thing is, at this place, man, you could feel you know, you, you know when we went out for pizza earlier. We went out for pizza earlier, and that that pizza place just had the worst vibe ever. It was like a funeral, ever. man. That's yeah. unbelievable. It, it's like that. But magnified, oh, like yeah. it's it's a really horrible feeling. Yeah. And um, when we're obviously because you know we're on operations, we have pickets uh, walking around twenty four seven, you mm. know, security, whatever. And I was on with a uh, a good friend of mine, Merv McDonald, uh, rescue soul. He died in Afghanistan in a helicopter crash, unrelated. But we were working together this night, and we we're on uh, like a roving picket, basically just fucking walking around the compounds, checking everything, blah blah blah, yada yada yada. And we're walking along. And it's like a corridor between two demountable buildings, big yeah. long thing. And there's a dude at the end. He looks like a local, uh, but he looks fucking sick. Like he's fucking very pale. Fucking dude looks, he's just a fucking mess. Mm. Looks like he hasn't slept in a month. And we like call out to this cunt. We're like, oi, what do you, you, know, you can't be in here. What are you doing? And he just started to walk off. And we fucking went after him. And we were just about to catch up him. And he turned a corner. And when we went around the corner, nothing there. Gone. And there was nowhere for him to go. Like, it was a straight fucking thing for ages. There was nowhere for him to go in, you know, in 30 seconds, let alone fucking, you know, two, the two three seconds. Crazy, eh? Went around, he just fucking vanished. <laughs> Crazy, yeah. eh? Once again, if you have a look at the hair on the yeah, arms. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, look, dude, there's, 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 there's juju, there's energy, you know. Um, I know one of the most haunting things I heard over in PNG was some poor dude, Sig, when he should have zagged in the dump truck and rolled down the bloody side. Yeah. Um, and they had a like a funeral procession for him, and they were they were singing the the song of the dead man. It was one of the like it was the most haunting, beautiful, fucking scary fucking things I've ever heard. You know, like just the yeah, right. the mournful, just the song man. Like it's crazy, you know. Um. Yeah, PNG's a weird place, man. PNG's a weird place. It's um well where we were at Lihia, that you know, you talk about there was actually there's technically a 
there's a big stone there and technically there's a portal to another dimension there. And the story about the stone is, is that they reckon that there's gold in the stone. Yeah. But every time they try and drill into it or fucking take samples from it, the machine breaks. And it's happened like 20 times. So they just gave up. No shit. No shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting place, man. It's an interesting place. You know, I think they... Uh, well, you grew up Northern Territory as well. So yeah. Northern Territory, PNG, obviously there's a lot of uh, cultural history being that far north that yeah, most, most, you know, white Australians would never see, but Indigenous Australians would, you know, that's their heartland. That's the heart of the country. Yeah, man. Say, well, look, I mean, the thing is about um, Arnhem Land, there's, you know, the amount of times I thought I was watched in Arnhem Land was a bit fucking weird sometimes, you know, like when you, and then when you're especially in the middle of fucking nowhere. Did you ever do you ever go like full out fucking on a wander with any any locals or anything like that? Yeah, I was. I was privileged enough to actually do that, man. So um, I played AFL up there, right? So it was yep. one white team. I think it was six indigenous teams. Yeah, and they'd play AFL instead of warring with each other. That was actually how they used to sort it out. They yeah, sort it out on the field, right? Yeah, and I knew a couple of the guys through school and stuff. But when I when I played, I didn't give any quarter. But I wasn't dirty. You know yep. what I mean? I was just hard. Yeah. You know, I was hard but fair. Yep. And because that's how they play, I'd sort of earn their respect in, yep. in playing like that. And they actually, a few of the boys invited me uh, out to Arnhem Land because you can get a sticker basically when you're there and there's some place you can go with that sticker and there's places you can't go. That's, yeah, okay. You know, I think you can get different colored stickers. Well, that's how it used to be. I don't know how it is now. Um. But yeah, I basically got dropped off at a Tina section in Arnhem Land. Would that sticker would that sticker save you if you wandered into the wrong place? Like, hey, I'm a tourist type thing. Is that yeah, probably not? <laughs> depends. Depends what you were doing, I suppose. Yeah, depends on what you were doing. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So these boys picked me up, and basically we went and made spears, and I stayed with them. We went and got went and did uh, uh, crabs, hunted crabs. Um, which was a trippy experience, right? <laughs> because we went and made, we got the, got the went and got the branch and rolled the branch through the fire, yeah, to harden it up. And we used metal spikes and wire because it's you know modern times, so they would have used twine and um, spikes from the fish. Yeah, yep. Uh, but they used like metal instead because it's you know better. Yeah, and it was to get mud crabs, man, like dinner plate fucking mud crabs, dude. And so in the morning we get up before light. And we go out into the mangroves and basically you got to step real careful, real careful because there's fucking crocodiles in the mangroves, man, right? And my job was to get the torch and it was basically to scan the bank and like scanning bank, scanning bank, you see yellow eyes, crocodile. Okay. Keep scanning, keep scanning. Yellow eyes gone, crocodile in the water. <laughs> like that's not comforting at all. And like, I said, so what do we do? And he goes, don't worry. And this is no joke. Don't worry. We talk to the crocodile. It's okay. We leave him some crabs. And they were serious. And, <laughs> and what did they actually did that, right? Nothing happened to us. They left some crabs on the bank. We got a good feed of crab. It's all <laughs> nobody, good, man. Nobody got eaten. No one got eaten. <laughs> right? This is the thing. We, we, we have the, they probably, and the thing is, they would have did that. They would have had that connection with the land and the animals. You know, there's a, there's the, a lot of the tribes, especially the nomadic tribes, where they would hunt before they would hunt, they would summon the spirit of the animal. We need a kangaroo to feed our feed our people. Is there a kangaroo willing to come forth at the end of its life to 
sacrifice itself, and we will honor the honor the animal by using all the parts and da da da. Yeah, yeah. And that's what they do. They go out and a kangaroo bump out, bing, gone. You know what? Like it sounds crazy, but it's no different from people with manifestation from meditation. It's no it's, different. We we are we are the most powerful manifestors that have ever existed ever, man. That's the truth, right? That you love this. The contradiction of being human is that on one hand, you are a drop in the ocean the ocean forgot about. You are less than nothing. Yep. Okay? That's true. On the other hand, you are the most powerful creator that ever existed ever and that is the dichotomy you have to live in that space somewhere right is it on acreage with big fences <laughs> <laughs> and i'm completely self-sufficient <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no that's the that's that's the you know and you can get caught thinking about you thinking about you're nothing or you can get caught thinking you're fucking awesome right really there's a there's a there's a shade of gray in there somewhere yeah where you can affect your own reality through manifestation and perception and understanding. But, I mean, those people had a, a, a closeness and a richness to the land and the animals that we don't understand. we got no fucking idea. You know? Yeah. We don't know. We don't know. We go Distraction. To, we, we go to Woolworths and buy a packet fucking meat in a plastic packet, mate. Yeah. yeah. We were talking about this before, distraction. Yeah, distraction. It's yeah. like you go back a couple of thousand years ago and all the greatest thinkers and philosophers of our time had less distraction. There, there was nothing to distract them. They yeah. could sit around and think. Nowadays, it's like if you saw somebody sitting at a park, they're not reading anything. They've got no headphones in their ears. They're not on their phone. They're just sitting. Yeah, minding their you own would, business. Yeah. You would think they were fucking crazy. You'd be like, what is this dude doing? He's just yeah, you'd, you'd probably... Some people would ring the police that, and say there's some right? dude sitting Almost, in the park doing a, nothing. There's a dude in the park doing nothing. He's just <laughs> sitting here just like watching and staring. And it's like... Go back thousands of years. That's what people did. They didn't have phones and headphones and fucking mm. cars and mm -hmm. you know, they spoke, they communicated, mm. they studied, they learned. Yeah, they look, didn't have distraction. I, I guarantee, if I dropped you in a cabin with nothing but books, guess what you're going to start doing? You're going to start reading of books. Of course, I'm going to read. I'm, so it's you know. it's like that's what they had back then. They weren't distracted by mm. TV and Netflix and fucking cell phones and mm. all the bullshit. Yeah, and and the thing is, and what would all that bullshit, all that distraction is designed to to distract us from ourselves. It doesn't serve our soul, right? It doesn't serve our soul. There's parts of it that do. I think podcasting, in a lot of ways, is a, is something that does serve the people because it's it's sharing knowledge and information with everybody, right? However, the 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 generic crap that we grew up with, the TV and the advertising and blah 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 blah. That's not that. Materialism is not designed to serve your soul. That's designed to suck the fucking life out of you. That's yeah. what it's designed to do, right? And we lose that connection with the land and with with our environment and with ourselves more than anything else, man. You know, like, and you you have to you have to try and navigate your way through, or you got to manifest, mate. You got to manifest a space like you're sitting in right now. Yeah, where this is literally what we do. You know, all we've done is turn the mics on. We didn't. We were still telling the stories. It's just like, oh shit, are we going to record something? We'll turn the mics on. Turn the mics on and just see what comes up. You know, and the and the thing is, this is an experience. You know, you you've now been to the refinery. You know what it is now, and this is a place where things happen. Now you your know? biggest issue is going to be getting me to leave the refinery, <laughs> getting you to not come back. <laughs> oh, Neil's back again. <laughs> me again. <laughs> 
but yeah, man, you you are. We are a powerful manifester, and you know, um, here's something I was discussing with uh, actually Richard Patterson last night, and it's like you run into people who worry about stuff, right? Yeah, and you may have been a warrior in your life, not like the worry with the sword, but a warrior with a person that worries about a lot yeah, of yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. right? What percentage of that shit actually comes true? Is it even one percent? It's nothing. It's a fuck all of a percentage of the stuff that you think is going to happen actually yep. happens, right? So let's pretend that it's one percent. Is there not a fairly good chance that you manifested that one percent into your existence, right? Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Oh, fucking see, I told you it happened. Of course, it fucking happened. You just yeah told everybody for the last two weeks it was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And then you're fucking surprised when it happens. Self-fulfilling prophecies. Exactly. Yep. Right? So if that's the true, then you are the master of your own perception and creation and observation. So you can fucking change whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) Compliments to the chef. (laughs) Compliments to the chef. Thanks to the soulless pizza hut down the road. Yeah. Well, it was good pizza. Isn't that interesting? It was good pizza, but yeah, not a lot of fucking happy people. (laughs) It was was terrible. So terrible. Yeah, we both walked in there and like, you just started talking. As soon as we walked out, we're like, geez, that place was like dead. Like Beetlejuice's waiting room. Yeah, Beetlejuice's <laughs> waiting room. That's what you said. <laughs> but see, everything has energy, man. And it's and, it, and a lot of it's about the energy that you put into it. See, we took Beetlejuice's waiting room and started talking shit and had a laugh about it and then left. But everyone else was still in Beetlejuice's waiting room, right? So you, They weren't happy that we were even breaking their misery. Yeah. <laughs> Like, were these clowns yeah. chatting in my fucking darkest of pizza parlors? Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> the pizza on the way to the fucking lower dimensions. <laughs> nice hot pizza, but yeah. Um, yeah, man. And that, you, you've got to, that's easy. If you could be sucked into something, I mean, it's a weird analogy, but you could be sucked into, you know, we could have went in there in a different state of mind and we're like, oh, fuck, you know, and maybe you've bought into that yeah. lower energy, lower vibration. But instead, we're like, oh, fucking Jesus Christ, <laughs> what's going on in here? You know, again, you are, we're changing our perception of reality through that. You know, it's interesting. It's interesting. It's the, uh, the enigma of life. I'm trying to unlock the code, you know? Yeah, man. But it's, it, it, you talk about experience and perspective and actually talking about the mirror ball. Right? I'm not too sure if we spoke about this last time. So one of the founding ideas behind some of the mental health stuff that we started talking about in this room fucking over three years ago now was the the mirror ball, right? So imagine like a full 70s disco mirror ball, all yeah, yeah. the tiny little mirror pieces. What you have to do in order to react in a manner that befits you as a, as a gentleman, as, as, as a decent person, yep. is you need to gather as many... So you've got a blank ball, right? Yep. Your job is to grab as many perspectives as you can. And every one of those perspectives fucking represents a tile on the mirror ball, right? Yep. And you try and get as many as you can. Ones you disagree with, ones you think are stupid, everything, right? You get it all in, as much information as you can do. And then what you can do when a situation presents itself is you're not... Because you've seen multiple perspectives of, of multiple different things, you can see that Although this situation may feel like it's getting out of hand, you know, whatever it is, you can see it from multiple it perspectives. Enhances at once. the Rolodex of fucking experience. Exactly. And you yeah. can then react in, in in a manner that befits you, right? That that you don't have to freak out. You don't have to get angry. You don't have the more perspectives and and, and understandings you can gain, 
that's what you need to do, man. And your job is to fill that fucking mirror ball up. Because when you do, you'll fucking be the disco mirror ball, man. Everyone loves the mirror ball. You know what I mean? You've got as many perspectives as you can get. And you can then react. All seeing. It, all seeing. And you can react as well as you can. Now, there's no fucking chance you're going to know all perspectives by the end of the end of this round. However, you know. That's um, bullshit. I want, to, I want to have them all sorted by tonight. Tonight? <laughs> What's the time? <laughs> Get it done by midnight. Well, man, I think this one's coming to an end. I think this is um, it's been a very cool experience, dude. I think we will release this one. I think, and we'll just call it storytelling. I like it. Sounds good to me. You know, show a little bit of a different perspective. Note from the editor: just don't bother fact checking anything. <laughs> just, <laughs> just don't waste your time. <laughs> what we're gonna do? I'm gonna give you a privilege, sir. So we're in the refinery. To your left, there is three warrior wisdom books. In the bookcase there in the middle at the top one. Oh, yep. Uh, we got Warrior Wisdom. No, no, don't, uh, no. don't. You just go and lean over and grab whichever book you want. It's all right. I can, I, can, I can get us through while he's currently leaning over. The yoga master. That's a, it's a long way away. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. So what I want you to do, bring the mic back for you. Testicles one, two. <laughs> I want you to close your eyes and I want you to flick to a page and I want you to tell me what it says. Oh, you're fucking challenging me. I haven't got my glasses, but here we go. Do you want me to read it? Do you want just the big writing at the top of the page? Yeah, that'll do. Ah, okay, yeah, because I can read that. All right. The angry man will defeat himself in battle as in life. Ooh, isn't that what we just talked about with perspectives? What is that? What does the other page say? Peace is not the lack of war, but an inner virtue which has its source in the courage of the soul. Boom. Is that not what we were actually talking about tonight? Fucking nugget bombs everywhere in this. Look at this. Yeah. Tomorrow's battle is won during today's practice. Mm. It's really cool, man. You know what I've uh, actually been looking into at the moment? Because I think we spoke about this before. I've been doing a lot of reading on Stoicism. Yes. And Stoic philosophy. Yes. What I'm looking at now is uh, Samurai philosophy. and Uh, The Book of Five Rings and stuff like that? Yeah, I want to look for the overlaps because obviously these guys all dominated in their respective fields and there's Mm. a lot of overlap between them. It's all the same. It's just different practice, different ways of doing it, but a lot of it is the same, yeah. The Samurai stuff is interesting. So It's funny that they're so geographically and time-based separated Mm. yet still have these practices that have come to on their own conclusion. Well, I, th- I would argue that once upon a time there was a global culture that promoted the the proper virtues. Collective co- consciousness. Yeah, yeah that yeah. promoted the, the proper virtues. You know, the Book of Five Rings is interesting actually, you know, where you, in order to become a samurai, you would not be able to pick a sword up until you mastered the other four, which were the, the father, the artist, the healer, and the lover. Yeah, right. When you mastered those four... Yep. You could then pick up your sword. Right. Right. And earn your stripes. Exactly. And if you think about the consciousness of men, and this sort of ties into a lot of what you do, what parts are these men not honouring in themselves? Men in Are they not honouring the healer, the artist, the lover, and the father, right? We're not... We are a multiple-faceted side of self, you know, and we need to make sure we honour each of those parts of ourself individually in order to be complete be whole yeah body mind soul you know 
Man, every time I watch The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise, I literally just want to get on a plane and go to Japan and just go live out in the mountains, eh? <laughs> <laughs> like, but, sign me up. No, well, Wayne, thank you very much. Have you got any final words? Work hard. Be good to your mother. Fair enough. Good on you guys. Uh, so this is... This will be Happy New Year, man. Happy it New is, Year. Uh, yeah. We're about yeah. 24 hours out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> about 24 hours out. It's the day before New Year. So Happy New Year, brother. Uh, lots of cool things to be done in the new year, I think. We'll do some more work and we've got to do some stuff on your book. Yeah, uh, boy. In a little while. I think we'll do a bit of a series on that. I think we'll, we'll, we'll sit down and work the details out on that. I think that'd be a good thing. Sounds good to me, man. All right, guys. Happy New Year. Look after yourselves. Stay safe. Be cool. And we'll talk soon. Cheers. Do you want to go again? Let's do it. Yeah. Go again. All right. I know you been here before. No surprises settle the score. I know the darkness deep inside. Reckless rage. I know the pain And I know the fear We do not name And the one who comes to find me When my time is through I know you I know you 